welcome back to the Peak Mindset Podcast. We're super excited to be back here with you today after a couple months break and really excited to have Emma Ludlum as our guest. Emma, welcome. Thank you so much, Jenna. I'm really excited to be here and uh, just really looking forward to our conversation. Same. This has been a conversation that I've been really excited for ever since I started this podcast. And um, Emma is a friend of mine from college, so we go way back and we always have such great conversations. So I knew that this had to be an episode. Emma, do you want to introduce yourself for, for our guests? our listeners? Yeah, definitely. Well, again, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat a little bit more about what I do. So I am a happiness coach and I help people basically shift their mindset through brain training exercises so that they can go from feeling stuck or overwhelmed to being unstoppable in any area of life. Um, I mainly accomplish this through a different lens by helping people really make sure that their conscious mind and their unconscious mind are working in harmony together towards a lot of their goals so that they can realize where unconsciously they may be blocking themselves or getting in their own way. And we can dive more into details as we go, but that's just sort of the quick highlight, I would say. Hmm, That's awesome, Emma. I like that. You've branded yourself as a happiness coach because I think that that's something that, you know, a lot more people are talking about nowadays. I think I saw a Netflix movie about the science of happiness. There's a course at Harvard that's being taught about happiness. Um, And I think now people are starting to realize like, oh, maybe happiness is something that, you know, I have power over and it's something that I can influence in my life. So I love that that that's the focus of your practice and that's how you're calling yourself as a coach. Um, Let's start with this conscious and unconscious mind uh, notion. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, definitely. So we all know that we do things consciously, right? Like I'm deciding to come to this podcast with you today and I know that I'm now consciously talking to you, but we also have this thing called the subconscious or unconscious mind. They can you know, be synonyms for one another. And sometimes those are the things that are happening to us that we don't realize in our own mind. Um, so what I like to say in general is the conscious mind is the goal setter and the unconscious mind is the goal getter. And so what I mean by that is if those two aren't in line, that is typically when folks tend to feel stuck, kind of like maybe they're trying so hard to lose weight and they've tried every diet, they've tried every exercise routine, but they just can't seem to get something to be a habit or to stick with the program and actually see that end result of lowered weight. Um, one thing that could be preventing them from that is any sort of limiting beliefs they might hold about themselves, aka like, I don't deserve to have a better life, or I'm not worthy of the attention that having a lower weight would bring me in my life, whatever it is. Um, and so once we sort of figure out what might be blocking somebody unconsciously, There's various different brain training exercises that I am schooled in, given my background in neuroscience and psychology, as well as other different modalities, to help the brain rewire itself so it doesn't have that block anymore. And in some cases, folks can't even remember that block for themselves. 
Wow. So what kinds of tools do you use to uncover what these blockers are? Yeah, it's a great question. And there's tons of tools out there. Uh, So a lot of the work that I'm doing now is working with clients to help them feel happier, but also doing podcasts like this to help get the word out. Because the, the amazing, beautiful reality is that people don't have to suffer. There are ways to do this so easily. But the way, the hardest way to do it, I've found, is trying to think consciously about rewiring your brain. Um, you know, for example, if, if you could just think that you don't want to be stressed anymore, um, nobody would ever feel stressed and we probably wouldn't even have anybody with any problems and there would be no need for this conversation, you know? So there has right. to be something else that we can tap into. So to answer your question, the specific modalities kind of fall into lots of things based in neuroscience, um, kind of around the idea that our brain doesn't really know the difference between what we're seeing, like in a movie, what we're experiencing through our own eyes, and then also what we imagine. And so mm. by understanding that principle, we can use different exercises to target different results that people want specifically. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, you know, where my mind went is, uh, you know, I get scared very easily by scary movies, <laughs> even though I know that that it's not real what I'm watching. So that resonates that, you know, maybe maybe our brains don't know the difference. Um, you know, I'm curious if you can. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of the work that are these modalities have been based around the idea that a movie like the Titanic, for example, can make you cry. And like, what is it about the brain that when you see that um, causes that emotional biological reaction in you? And so it's just funny you mentioned that because that is the basis for a lot of it and why these things were created. Cool. Interesting. I'm wondering if you can share an anecdote of Um, maybe a personal experience of yours or a client of yours that you've come across that had this kind of disconnect between the conscious and unconscious mind and how uh, increased alignment has helped them? Yes, absolutely. Um, I can definitely talk about my own journey because really it's what led me to see the power of this work. Um, You know, I had a time where I was under a lot of chronic stress and so I had a body health scare and I first went through the lens of nutrition to help heal myself, which I joke now that nutrition is the gateway drug to all of these other healing modalities um, because it usually always starts a lot of stories there. But anyways, I was healing myself with nutrition. Um, I wasn't having any sugar, any carbs, all the things that the nutritionist and doctor had kind of prescribed me from a lifestyle perspective. And I was totally healed in about six to eight weeks. But the last thing lingering was I was smoking cigarettes and I had seen all the benefits of now being healed and uh, what that was doing for my life. And I was about to start a new job, which felt like a new chapter. And I consciously decided that I did not want to smoke anymore. Um, I didn't want to be known as that person who smelled like cigarettes at this new office place, you know, while I was meeting people. And so it was very important to me that I consciously wanted to quit. Um, But I just had no luck. And it wasn't even like, I think we call it socially that we're addicted. But I don't even think it was necessarily that I was biologically addicted. Um, Unconsciously, there was some trigger going off for me every time that made me want to reach for that cigarette. So um, 
one of my coaches who I, you know, obviously admire a lot and have been working with throughout the years, she recommended that I try hypnotherapy. And I was highly skeptical. You know, I read this uh, hypnotherapist website. He said that he had helped people quit smoking, you know, if they had been smoking for a year all the way up to 25 years. And I was like, you know what? I don't know. It was probably like 350 bucks back at the time. And I was like, if I can quit smoking from this, that that's worth it. I'm willing to lose that money to make this happen. So I went in the appointment and I came out about 45 minutes later. And on my way out, the hypnotherapist said to me, if for any reason you notice any differences that you don't want, come back. And it means that the treatment didn't necessarily hold. So we'll we'll redo it. And I was like, all right, well, this isn't going to work anyway. So I'm definitely not going to need to come back. I walked out of the office, threw out my pack of cigarettes immediately. And at this point, I was like about a half pack a day. And I ran to the Walgreens across the street and started buying Halloween candy. And it was the weirdest thing because I had healed myself and I wasn't having any sugar in any form at all. It wasn't like this was a normal habit for me. And I realized like we hadn't finished the session completely because what hypnosis does and unconscious work is it takes away that trigger, but replaces it with a positive one that you want instead. And so we hadn't replaced it with something positive, like a glass of water or taking a deep breath. And so I knew at that point that the session had worked, like the cigarettes were gone, but we had to then go back and replace it. So I ended up going back and I have not picked up a cigarette since. Uh, I think it's been about five years. I even shortly thereafter moved over to London where you know, there's a lot more people smoking all the time than in San Francisco. Um, and I also haven't picked up Halloween candy since either. So um, it just really showed me and I'm glad it didn't hold the first time because it convinced me a lot that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, it had worked when I had my unconscious mind and my conscious mind in harmony. That's really interesting, MRI. I mean, um, I have heard that quitting smoking is one of the most difficult things a person can do. I'm super curious what happened in that hypnosis session. I'm wondering if you remember. Yes, yes. And I'm so glad that you asked. So first off, um, I actually don't believe it's it's hard to quit anything as long as these two minds are in alignment, whether that's a habit or a belief that you have or whatever it is. So um, I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's a misconception we have today. In terms of hypnosis, that's something that is also widely misunderstood just because it isn't super popular yet. And if people have heard of it, it's usually in the context of some sort of Hollywood show or they're on a cruise boat or some sort of like entertainment, right? And people are like, oh, I don't want to get hypnotized because they're going to make me, you know, cluck like a chicken or, you know, run around naked or something scary. Um, and I'm here to say that hypnosis is not and it's is 100% not mind control. Um, you should not expect to feel hypnotized or zonked. What you should expect to feel is just very, very relaxed. Um, the reason for that is that we basically say in hypnosis, you can get into different states of trance. And trance is really just relaxation. And there's different levels of it. So chances are you have always already experienced a very light form of trance. Um, biologically with the brain, if you tilt your eyes upward, um, it helps you get a little bit more peripheral vision. 
and that helps you get a little bit more relaxed. It's why going into nature helps you get more relaxed, right? Because you're taking in the whole landscape versus narrow vision, which focuses like on scrolling on your phone or something like that. Um, and so that could be a light form of trance. Another example, which could be a little bit deeper form of trance is, um, I don't know if growing up you ever went to a sleepover and there was that kid who fell asleep first, right? And, you know, they maybe got to a point just before they were about to fall asleep. And um, you could ask them all sorts of questions and they might say all sorts of things um, that, you know, they don't really consciously decide to share or to talk about. And so that could be another form of trance. Hypnosis is guiding you so that you can go to a deeper layer of trance so that you don't have to be inhibited or blocked by your conscious mind and you can really get to the root of what you already know you need um and at that point the hypnotherapist is trained to kind of lock that in for you um so for example with smoking one of the suggestions was i am somebody who lives a healthy life and i am not confined by cigarettes or something like that um to answer your question and this session to give you context was about five years ago Wow. So I'm imagining then that the the person delivering the hypnosis is coming up with this these phrases for you to repeat once you're kind of in this very relaxed state. Is that right? Um, it can go both ways. Um, they can have you repeat them or they can um, suggest it to you and sort of like do different um sort of like modalities and sort of techniques to lock it in for you so they might give you um a physical trigger so for example i gave a client the other day that whenever they hear laughing they'll get a huge sense of joy in their body where they used to feel pain and that was an example how we wanted to erase pain for that person so it doesn't necessarily have to be something physical that we're trying to block out as well. It could be a belief. It could be physical pain, um, et cetera. Wow. That's fascinating, Emma. I think, you know, I was definitely in the camp of only having heard of hypnosis in uh, Hollywood <laughs> and in entertainment. Um, as a big fan of the show Friends, I think that's um, <laughs> my main example of hypnosis was when I think it was Chandler was trying to quit smoking and he received this tape that he would listen to before bed that was supposed to say, um, I, I don't need cigarettes or something of, to that extent. But after 10 times of saying that, then it started to say something like, I am a very strong, confident woman. And then he started to act <laughs> like a woman um so that that was yeah so that was my only kind of impression of it before and um that's super ignorant and I'm really glad that you know to have you to tell me more about this and hopefully some listeners out there too um are learning something new as well I'm I'm curious what led you then you know after going through this experience of being able to quit smoking based on this hypnosis to then uh, several years later deciding to become trained in the same practice yourself what kind of led you towards that yeah and so um this is sort of another um i guess chapter in my story but 
after I had quit smoking, my body was healthy. I was in a job that wasn't so stressful. I was really, you know, I'd kind of gotten everything that I wanted. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I was still satisfied um, or happy even, because even though I had all the things that I wanted, there was something, some feeling inside of me that I wasn't even consciously aware of that was preventing me from feeling full joy um, and not feeling guilty about that joy. So what I initially sort of started uncovering in therapy, and this is where I think therapy has a huge role in healing, is it helps people talk consciously about what their problems are to uncover the unconscious root cause of that problem. Now, where therapy kind of can sometimes fall short and not get people the actual results that they want is that a lot of it isn't unconscious training work. Um, I would say right now the only type of unconscious training work you can do within a therapy setting is a modality called EMDR, um, which again was also suggested to me by my coach that suggested hypnotherapy. And so I found someone in London to help me out. I was living there at the time. Um, and by the way, side note, but it was all 100% covered because the medical system over there is amazing and very aware of all of these modalities more so I would find than America. But um, basically they helped me with, I went in wanting to know how to have a better relationship with my mother. I thought that if I had that, I would then be able to feel happy. And we talked about some specific memories in childhood and through those, that sort of therapy talk conscious work again about the memory, I realized unconsciously I had this limiting belief that I was not valuable. Um, and so that made life pretty hard, right? Like I found it really hard to find a partner who valued me because I didn't value myself. I had a lot of partners who are wonderful people and they fell in love with me, but for whatever reason at the time in their life, they didn't want to have a committed relationship, which was what I wanted. And so you know, it, this limiting belief led to all of these different sort of ripple effects in my life that once I cleared it out through like uh, an EMDR specifically, it's rapid eye movements that help rewire the brain, but it can be different from exercise to exercise and modality to modality. Um, but after I kind of erased that limiting belief, uh, I had a very um, regular workout routine. I felt compelled to actually get certified in nutrition versus just doing it for myself. Um, and I really found the power of doing this brain training work. And so now, um, you know, I laughed when the next person I dated after doing this therapy work, um, you know, asked to meet my father on our second date because he's so committed. And three years later, you know, we're still dating um, very happily and he's incredibly supportive and values me. So that's sort of the the main kicker for me was I was like, this was too easy to get all these amazing results in my life that really now make me feel happy. And there's so many people that are carrying around this, you know, stuff that they really don't have to. They can live much lighter and much happier. Oh, that's amazing, Emma. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm really glad that you found this partner. Uh, I can attest after meeting him, he definitely <laughs> values you a lot. It sounds like you recommend, or let me know if I'm misinterpreting, that kind of the coaching that, that you offer, um, that you're trained in, kind of comes in tandem with therapy. 
Is that right? That's a great question. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is as I promote doing subconscious work, I don't want to ever fall into the trap that I find a lot of healers do that like this is the only modality one can do. Um, for example, I did EMDR and had my breakthrough that way. Um, but I've since found these other modalities that get to the same results and are much gentler of an experience that I had. And so um, these are the ones that work best for me. And these are the ones that I therefore want to be doing for others. And so it's not necessarily to say that it has to be done in tandem with therapy specifically, because a lot of the work that I'm doing is talking to people and helping them get to the root cause of what they actually want. And so, for example, I had a client um, the other day who is a very successful entrepreneur. Um, he has had a full corporate career, decided to go out on his own, have his own startup, and was feeling a lot of anxiety around emailing um potential customers and getting out there with his face associated with his business. And so he came to me because he wanted business success. But when we really went down to the root of it through talk therapy in the beginning, um, it came down to a belief that he didn't love himself. And it feels like how could you get from that from point A to point Z? But I'm telling you, a lot of the times it is going from point A to point Z and people can only see up to point D even. And so if we knock out that route, um, you know, he's now had wild success in his business. Um, he set a revenue goal for a, a year um, from when we spoke. And so we're coming up on that and I should check in with him. But um, yeah, he's already, you know, constantly meeting new customers and, and getting his business out there, too, as the face of it. Wow. I'm I'm happy for both you and for him in that, Emma. I think that's wonderful that you were able to help him because um, I feel like that happens a lot where we kind of see the symptoms, right? Or or we might feel that the symptom is the problem, but it takes some work. And in my experience, often with someone else coaching me through it, to kind of understand like what is the root cause, right? And unless we address the root cause, the symptoms will just keep popping up in different shapes and forms. Um, so that's really incredible that you were able to help him through that. I'm sure that the impact for him were wide reaching and maybe even stretched beyond his career. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, once you decide that you you love yourself and you believe in yourself, like everything seems easier to get right. And a lot of you know folks might be listening to this who are familiar with therapy and coaching in general. And they're like, okay, well, I help my clients, you know, get through the root cause. And that's true. There's many wonderful folks out there who are doing that. And sometimes that insight alone is enough for people to make a change consciously. But when you're dealing with like deep rooted limiting beliefs about yourself and your value and your worth, that's when subconscious reprogramming is really in my mind the easiest way for folks to do it because rather than having to consciously be like reminding yourself no you can go to this sales meeting because you love yourself you just naturally walk in with confidence and you're excited to book that next meeting you know uh, totally. and so we really have to go to the neur the neuronal level to get that change wow 
Speaking of your client going through a career transition, Emma, you yourself have recently gone through a career transition uh, to this kind of work. And I know that, um, you know, you started out as a a very high powered sales leader, transitioned into recruiting. You've had experience across continents, working at a variety of different tech companies. And I'm curious, what has this transition been like for you? Yeah, no, Jenna, thank you for asking that. Um, I mean, I definitely look at all the different chapters of my professional career and realize that each one really taught me something valuable. Um, My first job, I definitely burnt out and it taught me the value of self-care. My second job allowed me to explore the world professionally and live overseas. And that taught me a lot about different cultures and honestly opened me up to how many different ways people think. Uh, My job at the time was recruiting the French and the German sales teams. And recruiting is very interesting because conversations can be very different um, department to department, but within the same department, they can be very similar. And so I felt like it was a huge crash course on both French and German culture, which is just so interesting to see how different people think, which is kind of what I'm doing now, helping people think differently. And then the journey to being an entrepreneur has been so interesting. And I think it's not talked about a lot at all, but nobody prepared me for the emotional piece of being an entrepreneur, Um, especially as a coach entrepreneur where you yourself is now the product. Um, It can come bring up to light so many insecurities you didn't know were there because again, they were all unconscious. And so I'm so lucky that I'm in a line of work where I can like reflect on these for myself and I have peers who can hop on the phone and, you know, knock out my limiting beliefs for me. And I know it sounds so silly until you've experienced the magic of it. But um, but yeah, it hasn't always been just smooth sailing. Like I am very confident in this and I know that I've always believed in it and I've seen benefits. Um, but that doesn't mean that along the way you don't question yourself and You just get better at it as you go every day and just keep trying and know that the ultimate goal is to really help people um, get unstuck and and move on and feel better. Thanks for being so open about that, um, about experiencing those those fears and having those self-limiting beliefs, because I think that that's something that everyone experiences. And if it's something that someone doesn't experience, I, I would I would probably think that there's something wrong with them um but even even though that's true you very rarely find people willing to speak openly about it because i think as a society we've kind of labeled that as a sign of weakness and somehow you're just not as good of a coach if you like ever have one moment of self-doubt or something um which i think is is crazy and um you know, as you know, Emma, I've been going through a coaching program myself. And in order to get certified, the program actually requires you to have a coach of your own. And that has showed me that, you know, um, we are humans too, right? Even though we're coaches and we're, we're helping other people, you know, we're humans with our own problems, our own insecurities, our own triggers. And it's really important to make sure that we're showing up for ourselves in order to be able to show up for other people. So I think that's something that's actually really beautiful about this trade, right? Is that it's hard, but it forces you to really take care of yourself 
Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then it becomes really, really difficult, if not impossible, to show up as your best self for other people in these coaching sessions. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I think coaches are in the business of being human, right? Because we are helping people be human and, and get through it. And, you know, Rich Litvin is a, I'm sure you know, a huge thought leader in the coaching space. And I'm reading his book, The Prosperous Coach right now. And, you know, it's just full of so many insights. But one that I read last night was, um, again, not a knock on therapy or any other modality, but therapy focuses people um, on what's happened in the past and how to get to now from the past, whereas coaching helps them their design their future and how to get there. Unconscious reprogramming and coaching helps you get to that future easily and effortlessly because, again, those two minds are working um, in alignment and harmoniously. That's a beautiful way of putting it and helps put things into context. Yeah, no, definitely. Emma, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. It's been a really eye-opening episode. I have one last question for you before we close. Of course, yeah. My question is, what is your peak mindset? (laughs) Uh, Thank you for asking me that. Um, One of the main tenets that I hold true in the work that I do is that we have two options in life for how we view life. Um, one way is that we can be at cause or we can be at a, in effect. And what I mean by that is at cause means the world is happening for you, by you, or in support of you. And if you're in effect, the world is happening to you or you're victimizing yourself. Um, and so like, you know, if we just say two people go in an interview for a job and they both get rejected, the person at cause might say something like, uh, I, you know, that job wasn't the right fit for me. Um, I'm going to find my right opportunity that's going to be like, make me even happier. And the person in effect might say, oh, I could have done so much better. If I'd only said this, I would have gotten it. And, oh, you know, this is my 10th rejection. I might, I might never get a job. Right. And so to me, peak mindset is always being at cause. Um, And it's just simply how you choose to filter the situation it gets a lot easier the more unconscious, um, you know, alignment you have inside of yourself. And yeah, just doing this training to really make sure that you can be at cause by default, I would say. Um, and I guess I'll leave people with one tool to kind of, you know, get themselves in cause or that peak mindset. And it happens a lot to me when I ask people. The first question I ask anybody is, what specifically do you want? And what I find is that, you know, people always tell me what they don't want, right? So somebody, let's say, came to me the other day really wanting to find their partner for life. They said, I don't want him to be a workaholic. I don't want him to not have good, healthy routines. I don't want blah, blah, blah. And, you know, what you can do to get yourself into cause is just say, well, what do you want instead? Like, oh, I want a partner who is loving, who has time for his work and me. And that immediately brings the energy up and makes you get into that peak mindset. So I love that. I love (laughs) that so much. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, I just challenge you and everyone listening to, to ask themselves what they want instead. And this has definitely been exactly what I wanted. So thank you, Jenna. Mm-hmm.